Hey, Liz. Hey, Jen. Just waiting for mum. Doing the washing up or something. Hello. Hello, how are you going? This is Tell Me About Love. My name is Lucinda McAfee. And in this episode, I've wrangled my mum, Janet, and my older sister, who you may recall from an earlier episode, Jenna, to talk all things motherhood. I particularly wanted to record this one because being a mother is obviously something I haven't experienced yet, but it's said to be one of the most powerful and unconditional kinds of love. I also feel like maybe the ins and outs of it aren't spoken about too often, so I've brought together two of the greatest mums I know to get their thoughts and opinions on a wide range of mothering topics. It's a bit of a longer episode where I dive into their thoughts before having children, their pregnancies, and generally navigating the balance of motherhood. I've just turned 27 and have definitely been having more of those like kind of child-related thoughts as I near 30 and that body clock conversation comes up with my friends where I personally have been thinking, is having kids a thing that I actually want? Something I can see myself doing and something that would be on the cards for me. So I was keen to get two mothers' opinions on that debate that I know a lot of people my age might be thinking about right now. As a refresher, Jenna is a mother to two gorgeous little babies, Giorgio and Arlo. The big G is about to turn three, and Arlo is around 18 months old. She lives with them and her husband Antonio, or Tone as we call him, up in Gladstone. For me, being Auntie Luce to those two cute cats has been one of life's greatest gifts. I also have the privilege to be Lil Arles Barkley's godmother. Jenna, being the oldest of the kids, I feel like she was always the maternal type, and always destined to be a mum. So it was no surprise that she is an incredible mum. But still, before she did have the G, it was a strange but incredible thing to see your sister grow a child and see how that changes the whole family dynamic. It's pretty cool. Now to my mum, whose name is Janet. My mum is 63 and works as a PE teacher for two primary schools, a profession she's done for many years. The one word I use to describe my mom to anyone that doesn't know her is determined. She is the woman in my life that I hold the most amount of admiration for. When I was heading into year 12 and vying for a school captaincy, the topic I was given to talk about was an inspiring woman in my life, which was no surprise. I did my discussion on my mum, an incredibly kind, thoughtful and tough lady who's an absolute hoot on the D floor or on the top of a table whenever someone plays Dancing Queen or anything by the Seegers. She's a fan of a bold earring and a patterned dress that's a bit different. She has the golden vocal cords to match her mother, which is always loudest when they would sing a church hymn banger like Here I Am Lord. Perhaps the key thing that most people know her for is her incredible athleticism. When she left school, she got into running and she got incredibly good at running. So much so that she won the coveted Gold Coast Marathon in the late 80s. From there, alongside my dad, she got into triathlon training and eventually headed towards Ironman territory. She's now done around 26 Ironmans, won her age group a number of times, and five of them were her competing at the World Ironman Championships in Hawaii. I just want to state what an Ironman consists of, because anytime I watch it, it's actually quite ridiculous. You start with a 3.8 kilometer swim, then head into a cool 180 kilometer bike ride up and down some crazy hills, and then complete the race with a sweet 42.2 kilometer run which is an entire marathon. Every year we get down to watch her compete in the Australian race at Port Macquarie. 
and just after this year's race I was catching up with a relative who said that he thought it was a great testament to our family to see all the kids going and supporting mum racing. Which is fair. We go along because it is an incredible thing to see your mum willingly put herself through that kind of pain because she actually enjoys it. I know that watching her race makes us incredibly proud. A few years ago on Anzac Day, mum had an accident on a routine test ride of her brand new bike, one week out from the annual Ironman Australia race. A ute driver that wasn't looking did a U-turn in front of her, which sent her headfirst into their tray. She was rushed to hospital, suffering a heinous amount of fractures to her body, including her skull, jaw, spine and ribs. She, but more importantly we, are lucky she's still here today. After spending a few months in hospital and then a few months of some gruelling rehab, she was back out training again and within a year competing again in triathlons. So before we jump into the chat, I'll let you know where it's all taking place. I've driven over to my parents' place and am sitting down at the dining table after mum's completed a three-hour run on the treadmill while catching up with Ridge and Brooke from Bold and the Beautiful. She's currently refueling on soda water, if you do hear that throughout the chat. We're calling in Jenna, who's able to get a few moments to herself after putting the kitties to sleep. Let's start with the idea of motherhood, which we spoke about the other day, mum, anyway. Um, when mm. did you know that you wanted to have children? Because I know that mama told me uh, in the past because you wanted to be an athlete and you wanted to focus on being an athlete, uh, you didn't want to have children, but you obviously changed your mind and had five. So, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you wanted to be the best at well, having children as I, well. Um, no, when did I didn't decide? need to be the best. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know if I dis- we decided that we would have them. I think it just happened with Jenna. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we did. <laughs> it just happened again. <laughs> Well, it happened, but, but we wanted – well, it wasn't we didn't want. We just, like, it was suddenly – it was – I had backed off on my training, I think, to try and get pregnant. But I wasn't, you know, desperate, desperate. It just – when it happened, it happened. So it happened with Jenna. Mm-hmm. And then we really did want a second one. And that was a little bit slower than we thought. And then they just kept – coming along yes so <laughs> just <laughs> so there's i mean three years between jenna and andrew two and two and three quarters yeah yep. um and then between andrew and madeline's two years no andrew and madeline's about 14 months between you and madeline was two years yeah just over two and then yep. 14 months between and then 14 and months Louis. yeah yeah yeah, so you were essentially pregnant for a long time. Eight years. Yeah. Five years. <laughs> seven yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was an ongoing state of health. Did when people saw you, I guess, like maybe you hadn't seen people that often, and because of social media, you wouldn't, people wouldn't know because you wouldn't be announcing pregnancies and having children. But um, would they, any instances where people saw you and were like, you're still pregnant? And then, but it was actually for the next baby? <laughs> no, no, wasn't that bad. And I do know after I had Louie, oh, I don't know, about six weeks later, some girl in a shop said, oh, so when are you due? I said, six weeks ago, I had him. 
was an indication of what my body was looking like. <laughs> um, and Jenna, for you, uh, a lot of people didn't even know I was pregnant with Jenna because I didn't yes, look right. pregnant. Yeah. So and when I had her, they didn't know that I was pregnant because I had her at twenty six weeks. Yes, and you obviously had quite a small belly. Yeah, there wasn't, yeah. Jenna, when did you know that you wanted to have children? Was there any point growing up that you thought maybe you won't have kids or you didn't want kids or you always wanted to be a mum? No, I always wanted to have kids. I always knew that I wanted to be a mum, but I just didn't know when. And, um, yeah, so I think... I probably started thinking about it more when when we got engaged, um, like wh- when what what would be a good age. Mm. Um, but then I was thinking that I had so many places I wanted to travel to, <laughs> so I didn't really want to get kids to get in the road of that. Um, so I just wanted to fit all the dangerous ones in first, and then have the kids. At what age did you get engaged? Were you twenty six? 27? 27, I think, yeah, 27. Right. So leading up to that, did you think like oh, my time's kind of running up or I'm getting near to 30, I want to start thinking about having kids before I'm 30? Not really. I kind of just knew that I, want, that I wanted to marry Tony and then I just knew that kids would be the next thing. Yeah. But I didn't, hadn't really planned like when that would be. Mm-hmm. So, Jenna, you had Giorgio when you were 30 and you just, you told us that yep. you're pregnant around your 30th birthday and mum, you also had, well, you would have had Jenna had she come on time when you were 30, but you were 29. Yep. Yep. Uh, just about to turn 30 a few yep. weeks after. Um, so, going back, I guess, to the pregnancy stage, what was the pregnancy experience like? For both of you, when, Jenna, when you were pregnant with Giorgio, it like was such a strange thing. When you think about that, you are growing a child in your belly, and it's it was weird for us to experience that. You being a sister, and then seeing you, and like yeah, you're growing this child. What was it like for you, Jenna? I hated it. <laughs> oh no, I I didn't like being pregnant. Yeah, it was it was painful and like I couldn't walk very much and because um, I had really bad pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. Was it weird so, when you were pregnant and like all this? I mean, when the baby's getting bigger and so is your belly, and you're just like, this is something that I was made to do. Did you think about that? Not really. <laughs> yeah. I, I was excited because I could feel like when when I started feeling the kicks and um, and ro- them rolling around and stuff that was really cool. But I think I was just in so much pain that I didn't really enjoy it. Yep, as much that's fair. As I should have. Um, mm. What about you, Mum? Were any of your pregnancies like the experience that people have when they say they had a beautiful pregnancy? Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so I would have had morning sickness from just about the moment I got pregnant, I reckon. But I mean, you get through that. With some, like I remember with Andrew, my back was so bad, so sore. Sometimes I had to crawl from one end of the house to the other because I couldn't walk. Mm. Um, 
that's when I was really pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so some times I had really, really, most people, most of them I had really sore back and I was nauseous. Mm-hmm. So I can't say it was a really pleasant thing. Yep. But uh, it was, it was, it would have, there were a lot of good things, you know, like when you felt the baby move mm-hmm. and kick. That was really exciting. And being excited about what you were going to have because, you know. Because you didn't find out. No, well, it like wasn't that. a common thing in our day yep. to find out. You could have, but I think they used to make lots of errors with that too. But I would never have found out anyway mm-hmm. because that was that was probably the most the best part about the pregnancy. Yeah, finding, finding out, yeah, finding you're out what you were having. <laughs> yeah. So exciting. Before you did have children, both of you, were there any – did you read up on any books to prepare yourself and like when you did have your child – um, how did you know what to do? Like, were you? Do you think you were basing your actions on raising this child and doing what you needed to do based on instinct, or were there um, classes or books that you read on being a parent? Well, no, I didn't read any books before that. Um, the only thing was about um, giving birth. I read a book called Birth Skills by Juju Sundin or something. Um, and it, it, it was about how to go into labor and how to prepare your body for contractions and stuff like that. And it, it said like how to move through your contractions and, um, and focus on other things and breathing through the pain and things like that. And it kind of did help. Um, since having, having them, I haven't read really any books, but I've done a couple of courses like on the internet kind of um, parenting courses and then I mostly just ring mum. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. the, for you, Jenna, like, yeah, have you consulted with mum a lot in like when you're, if something's going wrong or if you're like, should I approach it like this? What did you do? Do you do that a lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. Mm, but she also has a lot of her own ideas, mm-hmm. which is good because things, you know, bringing up children is a bit different these days. Jenna does a lot of working at There's ourself. No wooden spoon now. <laughs> I never used a wooden spoon. <laughs> Googling. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Googling. Yeah, right. I don't think I ever used a wooden spoon. It was always people <laughs> talked about wooden spoons. Right. My hand was hard enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) When, Jenna, you were reading that book about preparing you for the actual birth, um, but when you gave birth, do you think you were relatively prepared for what you're about to go through and what your body was about to go through? Um, No, I was not prepared. Uh, Like, I'd had a few people, um, like, yeah, I'd had a midwife, tell me about it and, and she was great and she gave lots of really good um, advice and I went to an antenatal class and they helped with all of it but nothing really prepares you I don't think for what's actually going to go on and people had tried to or I just was trying to avoid uh, listening to people's birth stories because I didn't want to hear it and I just thought ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. so I didn't ask him about their birth experiences either and then if people were trying to tell me I'd just like shut down and not listen because I didn't want to know 
Had you have that time over again, would you want to know what people's stories were? Would that have been any help? I don't think so because everyone's different. And I don't know, for me, I just, if I'd known what some people were going through, I probably would have thought the worst and thought of all of the bad things that people had told me that were going on in my head when it was happening. Could you describe that experience of the moment that you first took a look at Giorgio? I'd had this really long labour for 18 hours and then ended up with an emergency cesarean. And so he said the doctor did all the cesarean and then pulled him out and said, it's a boy. (laughs) And he showed me over the curtain. Um, I couldn't really see him very much, but and then they had to check him over and make sure he was all right. And he was all, all great and he was crying and he was, he was just... And then they put him on my chest and they... And I just thought he was <laughs> the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, was and so he was. Proud. Mm. He was. And, and he still is. is. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, and I just was thinking, I was just so proud of him for making yeah. something so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and... I couldn't stop staring at him and I just kept saying, he's just so beautiful. <laughs> mm. And yeah. I can <laughs> so imagine it's, it's like... Just, it just changes your life. It's, yeah. 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 I would just envision that this just like wave of happiness or something that you yeah. would have never felt in your life right. washes over you yeah. when you have that moment looking at yeah. something that you and your partner have created. Yeah, and it's just, it's, your whole world just changes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to mum chatting about her birth experience with Jenna, I wanted to jump back in here because this story is honestly a miracle. Mum will go further into details, but I know the story was quite traumatic for my mum and my dad. Mum gave birth to her first child, Jen, around three months early. I've heard that usually babies that premature are not usually as fortunate as our Jen to grow up and live an extremely full life like she has. Especially because, as mum will describe, just after my mum had been taken in for an emergency C-section, my dad had been told that he was at risk of losing both my mum and their new baby, with the doctors giving mum a 30% chance of living and Jenna a 10% chance. Mum will tell you all the details, however, for reference, when she refers to dad throughout the story, she's talking about my dad, John, and when she refers to granddad, she's talking about her dad, Noel, who is my granddad. Now, Mum, let's go to your birth story of Jenna. You had Jenna 14 weeks early. Yep, yep. At 28 weeks. 26 weeks. 26 weeks, right. Do you think you were prepared for the birth? I mean, you hadn't had much thought going into it because you weren't full term. But uh, were you prepared at all? And kind of what was that birth experience like for you? No, I wasn't prepared. Um, I hadn't done any lessons or anything at all. And really, I was still focusing on work. And I had had um, netball um, games on that night, so I'd been to there. Then I uh, had problems, went to the hospital, didn't think that I'd be having a baby that night. Mm-hmm. Just thought, because, um, you know, my sister and my cat said, no, just go in and you'll probably 
uh, they probably give you some drug or something just to slow this up. But I was a lot further along, so just about ready to have. And so the doctor got pulled in, emergency Caesar. <clears throat> he did tell Dad that um, I had 30% chance of surviving mm-hmm. yeah. and Jenna would have 10% chance of surviving. So like at that time, Dad was facing losing mm. two people, but I didn't know that. Yeah, so you were under. So I was already under. Um, he did tell me I was going to be having the baby that night. And I went, mm, it's a bit early, isn't it? So Was it kind of like a urgent rush? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. It was a panic. Mm-hmm. So I got in and I so thought. it was all yep. concerning. <clears throat> yeah, there was concern and panic. And, and the doctor got called in from, he was out at a restaurant. So he got called in. And it was very calming. It was really good. His, um, he had a really good calm uh, manager about him. So he spoke to me and then I just went under so I didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And um, then woke up the next morning. Um, so I didn't get to see Jenna when she was born. Anyway, then they said that they would take me to see Jenna because Jenna was in... ICU mm-hmm. with everything attached to her and she was just like a lying on a flat tray bed, just a glum perspect bed tray with tubes, you know, three or four tubes coming out of her body, um, breathing, feeding, all sorts of just stuff coming out of her mm-hmm. and she was covered over by like bubble wrap and she was under the bubble wrap and heat lamps on her to keep her warm Mm -hmm. and when I looked at her I thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen (laughs) yeah but she's like and she was black and blue bruised and she looked like a she was like one kilo yeah and she was like a little rat sprawled (laughs) and I went oh my god that is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen (laughs) And granddad's going, she is, isn't she? I'm going, yep, yep. <laughs> um, oh, my God. You look at photos and think, hmm, only a mother can say things like yeah, that. Yeah, I've definitely seen <laughs> Yep, yep. But, um, and then granddad, well, dad, when I was there, granddad couldn't come in. That, that He came in later. He went, wasn't allowed in straight away, but he did come in and then he put his finger down. And her hand couldn't even make it all the way round. Oh. His index finger was so beautiful. <laughs> I said, see, she's really so strong. Little. Granddad, she's really, really strong. See, she's holding your hand, mm. <laughs> your finger. Mm-hmm. He went, yep, yep, that's her. <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh, he was like gobsmacked. He mm. just couldn't believe it. And he kept saying, she's so beautiful. Oh. And I said, I know, I know, look at her. She's out. I said, she's so beautiful. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> and so you were up there every day just yep. like sitting by her. Yeah. In this little incubation thing. Oh, it's a big ward. There's a lot of, a number of babies there. And so I got to meet their mums and we sang. We had lots of songs. That's nice. What song? The Proclaimers. That is the song. Really? What, 500 miles? 500 miles. miles. Yeah. 
and everyone oh, sang it. Oh, that's and nice. we all sang it to our babies. It was so good. And yeah. were all of those other babies, were they like or different, as fortunate different. as Jenna? No, no. Right. No, she was she was the A of the, of the nursery. Right. The A plus because <laughs> yep. she got out earlier than lots of the others. And, and how long? Some was, didn't make it. Right. Yeah. yeah. How long was um, Jenna in? Ten that? weeks. Right. And she did, she came home before her due birth, which was my birthday, which is your birthday, ninth yeah. <laughs> of June. She came home before that. Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like of bringing Jenna home for the first time? Because there's a video. Scary. And yeah, it looks like so you would be scary. spooked. It was so scary because, like, she was this tiny, tiny, tiny thing. And you've gone from people being around all the time helping. To just you. To just you. Yeah. As I mentioned at the start, I've just turned 27, an age where a portion of my friends are in those beautiful long-term relationships or getting married and looking at the next steps of the house and kids operation. For me personally, that notion is pretty far off. And I know everyone is on their own timeline and in their own lane, but I feel like it seems like a pretty natural response to have those kind of existential thoughts in your later 20s. Maybe more so because of the female ticking body clock, even though I also know a number of people that have had children in their 40s. I feel like I've been having a few more of these types of bigger question chats with my buds. So I thought it'd be interesting to get mum and Jenna's perspective. What is one thing that you'd say to people who might be at the point in their life where they're thinking, do I actually want kids or is it just a social expectation that I have children? You have children and it totally changes your life. Mm-hmm. And you just, mm-hmm. your, your whole being and your whole person and your meaning in life changes. You actually mm-hmm. start looking outside yourself and you look at, your children and really you do your life I think a lot for mm-hmm. your kids because they can't look after themselves at that stage so I just think you know I also did think you need to have a few children around for when you're much older yeah. someone needs to look after okay. you that is and the thing that I've people considered at your funeral yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need a few people <laughs> yes well I mean that's what I've considered because I'm like kind of going into having those thoughts on that particular question and uh i've always thought well when i get older i want someone to take care of me yeah and that's what kids are for take care yeah. of me. and also someone to carry on your legacy mm-hmm. jenna have you anything mm. to say on that if you're thinking am i just do i just want kids because it's a social expectation then don't have them mm. because that's true the hardest thing you'll ever do but yeah. it's the best thing you'll ever do. And so you've got to be, I think you've got to be in it and thinking that you're going to want them because it's, it's a really hard thing, but it's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenna, um, when you've been tested as a mum, how have you managed to overcome that? I guess is specifically because when you gave birth to Arlo, you had this newborn, but you also had a kid that was learning how to walk. And I think maybe he just learned how to walk. He, he was 18 months, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bloody tough. <laughs> um, and I can't say that I'm overco- I've overcome it at all, but mm. <laughs> what things that I try to think of 
uh, like trying to be flexible and picking my battles, picking things that I actually really care about mm. and then letting other things slide mm. um, and, and remembering the bigger picture rather than getting caught up in the details. So, like, yeah, I just have to remind myself he's only two. It's not actually reasonable of me to expect him to do something because he doesn't understand that and it's not age appropriate. Mm. Or, or like, Arlo, oh, you're up at 2.30 again for an hour. Yeah, great. Yep. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and then just reminding myself that he's just a baby. This, this too will pass and mm-hmm. one day I'll look back and think, I wish that they'd still cuddle me like this or I remember when they used to want to play with me all the time. Yeah. And I'll look back on today and think of it in a really nice way to have to enjoy the moment. What do you do or and how important do you think it is for both of you to find time for yourself? Yeah, that's really important. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And like, yeah, as I say, while we didn't go like on what you call a date night like you do these days, going and doing swimming training in the morning, you know, the – you drive together. We always uh, we train differently, you know, different lanes or whatever. But then we always sit together and have coffee afterwards with a group of people. So, you know, we have shared friends and it's important mm-hmm. that you find time to do things together. And what about just for yourself? Well, that's very important that I find time for myself. But I have it. I'm lucky now. And when the kid, you know, when your kids are young, I did my running time was my time. Mm. So, you know, you see people out and I know people go out and they run with their children and sometimes you have to do that because that's what fits. But I was lucky that dad had come home and I go, right, I'm going running. Yeah, which I find interesting. I mean, I've always found it interesting, but you use that time to like clear your head and think, think. whereas I – run with music like oh yeah i've never ever run with music running without music no but it's my time for me Mm -hmm. but you know people listening to music that's their time for them Mm. just people yep have their time differently what What about you? yeah i do i do the running i do the running with music or a podcast well if i'm running i'll run with music if i'm walking i'll do a podcast and Either have the kids with me and I just turn it up really loud so I can't hear them or I'll sometimes go with Tony um, with them. What do you think you're constantly surprised by or continue to learn in being a mum? Um, I think it, one thing is how quickly kids learn and pick things up and how quickly things change. So you think that you're getting the hang of things. And then there's like a sleep regression or they're teething or something, starting something new and then everything changes. <laughs> but you learn to adapt but, and also how important it is to communicate what you want and how you feel um, and talk to people mm. and that you need a village and you can't do it all by yourself. Even if you think you can, you, you need other people to help you and that's not a sign of weakness. Mum, what about you? What do you think you might be constantly surprised by or continue to learn in being a mum? I'm constantly surprised 
by the strength of everyone's personalities. Like all five personalities are really strong and they're different and they're similar. Mm -hmm. So that always amazes me. And I actually get surprised at how strong your personalities have become over time. Mm -hmm. You know, like you think when you're little, oh, they're really timid and shy, but you're not. Mm -hmm. That's you and Jenna. We're not the timid and shy little girls that you were started at. Really strong Mm -hmm. personalities and quite strong-willed and strong-minded. Like you know what you want Mm -hmm. and you definitely are going to go for it. But everyone's got their different personalities and and it always amazes me how strong they are and how well-balanced. So having lost Mama a few years ago now... To give you a bit of context of who I'm talking about when I refer to Mama, she is my grandma on my mum's side. Cheryl the Pearl is her name. She was an incredible force, gentle, loving, and a pure ray of sunshine. She was a mother, a carer, a nurse, a lover of lime milkshakes, terrible singer, and an incredible watercolor artist. She passed away five days before Jenna got married, but our last moments with her will always stick with me. Our whole family crowded around her in her bed at the hospital, knowing this would be the last conversation we had with her. One of the most magical flowers in the garden and all we could say was thank you. Thanks for caring for us. Thanks for being our mama and thanks for being a mum. What is it, mum, that you think you missed most? you miss most about losing that maternal presence? Just having her there to talk to, Mm -hmm. really. She was a good one to go and have a chat to. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And she'd always have her opinion, which was always right Mm -hmm. and the only one. But she just had good sound advice. Mm. Um, And I'm not going to say she always did it, got it right, but she did have some really good ideas and she was really she was a thoughtful kind person mum now that you are a grandmother um when your child has a child what is that connection of being a grandmother like oh it's the best mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. people always say you know it's best being a grandma and it is oh my god those two babies i love them <laughs> That's so adorable. <laughs> yep, we often get that, yep. that reaction in the that WhatsApp yep. chat. <laughs> they are just adorable. I mean, and the thing is that, you know, what the sad thing is that they're so far away. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. love to have them. I'd like to be have them, you know, like, you know, some grandmothers have them once or twice a week or I don't think that'd be great. Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. They're happy to see you. And sometimes yeah. Georgia's not. But, yep. you know, <laughs> most but of the time, most of the time he's very happy to see you. What do you feel you've learned about love from being a mother? I learned that it's not, it's not about the big gestures anymore. It's about all the little things. So, um, yeah, like love isn't, isn't about getting flowers and writing about it on Instagram. <laughs> mm. It's about saying, oh, this is, this is really, really hard. And and I want to work work through it with you because we're worth it. And and it's things like saying, uh, I saw that load of washing in the washing machine, and I hung it out 
even though you said you'd do it because you look like you had a tough afternoon. It's like those little things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then with the kids, it's, it's all of the testing times are so worth it when they come and give you a cuddle and they say, love you, mummy, mm-hmm. <laughs> out of the blue when you haven't even coached them into it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the coaching where it just falls off your tongue. I mean, when we talk to you guys, and usually, you know, we say night, no, okay, see you later, love, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yes, a it's nice thing usual. to be able to say someone. Thing. Love. Night, I love you. Love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love. It doesn't take much, but it means a lot. Yeah. What about you, mum? What do you think you've learnt about love from being a mother? Well, I've just learnt that there's no limit, mm-hmm. you know. There's no limit and there's nothing that can stop it. doesn't matter what anyone does. You just can't not love. Mm. That's a nice sentiment. Yeah, I think I, I thought when when um, I had Giorgio and, and I was pregnant with Arlo, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to love this baby as much as I love Giorgio. And then you just do. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I had exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought when I had Andrew, I thought, there's no way I can share, no way I can love anyone more than I love Jenna. And mm. then Andrew came and I loved two of them. Mm-hmm. And then mm. I thought, you can't possibly share that around more. <laughs> and you did. And then you had a fourth one. Yeah, <laughs> a fourth one. <laughs> Lucy is the best because she just was quiet and <laughs> she just lay there and she was quiet as a mouse until they told me. That she's not being, being fed underfed. enough. <laughs> That's yeah. why she's so quiet. She's too tight. She can't call out. I went, oh, I thought she's just been a really good baby. <laughs> that, maybe that too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, yes, that's what I've learned. There's no limit. There's no condition on it. it is, as they say, it's unconditional. Yes. I guess, yeah, that whole motherhood, which is different from any other love, is that – Yeah. It is mm. like just wholly unconditional. Yeah, um, which, which is, is something sometimes special. a bit limiting because when everyone, when my children hurt, then I do. What do you think is the greatest thing about being a mum? Having my children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just having them around, being yeah. those personalities, and the fact that you love them and they love you. Well, yeah. um, that's about it. Thank you very much for taking. The time to chat with me. It's just really pleasure. nice. Okay. You're listening to Tell Me About Love in conversation with my mum, Janet, and my older sister, Jenna, chatting all about motherhood. I found this one a really special and open chat. I hope you did too. If you've come to this point, thank you very much for listening through. Thank you very much to Mum and to Jen for taking the time out to chat, but also for being very open on these vulnerable topics. If you want to check out a few cute pics of Mum and Jen doing cute motherly things, I got a few shots up on my Instagram at GooseFaceKiller. If this is the first episode you're listening to, feel free to jump back and check out the other wholesome chats. And if you want to put a little sunshine loving in someone else's day, Feel free to share this with your buds and subscribe. I'd like to acknowledge that I recorded and created this podcast on unceded Turrbal and Yagara land and pay my respects to elders past and present. My name is Luce McAfee. And for me, it would be the sweetest thing in the world if you'd get out there and go and tell someone that you love them.